You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bible's in 1 Samuel tonight, chapter uh, number 30, and we'll jump over in just a little bit to chapter, our 2 Samuel. This morning I spoke to you on the subject, looking back, where we've been. Brother, Brother Luke, it's flood here, he's kind of, who would ever do this? He said, are you preaching diet, looking forward? <laughs> you can tell he's a young man. Uh, I'm preaching tonight on looking forward. <laughs> you guessed it. You can tell he's been around this morning looking back where we've been and this evening looking forward where we're going. I believe that hard days are ahead. I do. I don't believe it's going to get any easier. The Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. Uh, we're, we're seeing how easy it will be for the Antichrist to say, did you get your number? We're seeing it. We're living in that environment nationwide. In this area, nationwide, worldwide. And, and we're, we're going to get so defeated if we keep our eyes down here. This down here, other than, as you said, Pastor, coming in here Sunday, you get encouraged at the house of God. But, but, but if you look at all, you can't look at the news. It's, you can't look at uh, all that's happening. You can't be on Facebook all day long. It's not going to help you, social media, whatever it's called. You, you, you're going to have to. You're going to looking unto Jesus. I press toward the, the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And tonight, I want to look forward. God's not done with us. I know I know that I've used up the vast majority of my life. I know that. And it's constantly on my mind. I know how old I am. And I know how long I've been here. And I know God's doing such great things. But I also know that, that God's in control of everything. I'm confident in that. I've never been more confident, with, and this is nothing against anybody else we've ever had here, but I've never been more confident with the people that God has put in place here. And I'm not preaching a message of resignation. There's still a lot of, there's still a lot of heart in this heart of mine. And, I'm pressing forward, but I'm willing to share some of that with God's people. You'll see a little bit of that in the elementary chapel this year. I'll still go. I'll still be there. I'll still speak. I'm going to take opportunity to have a few others to speak in high school chapel. I'm still going to teach. In fact, I teach another class this semester. I'm still going to be on the radio every day, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing that. But God has blessed us with so many good men of God. I'm thankful for all the, the men that have grown up here and all that God's doing. And I envy them. 
I envy them because of their youth and their age, and I admire them for their conviction. If you're watching line, say, he's not going to be in college this fall. Are you kidding me? I'll be here for a long time to torment you. I'm looking forward to that. We've been writing rules for 18 months now. We've got more rules to give than you ever had. In fact, the truth is, I think we have less rules today than ever in our colleges. You know, just come. You want to be a drug addict? If you pay your bill, come on. That's all right. But I, I say that because I still have to look forward. I, 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 don't, I don't know how it all works. I don't, re, I don't believe in retirement. I don't believe that's in the Bible. But I do know that you get too old eventually to do some things. And I know that. I, I'm still, I think, about the first one here every day. I can work hard. I can work long. I still climb trees and trim trees. I work in my yards. I paint around. I can still do things. I'm not in my grave yet. But I also know that I have a great vision for what God's going to do for you. I want to do everything I can in these days so that we get your children set up and your family set up. And this continuing always, if the Lord carries, to be a sending station. And there's no plan B. In, in fact, I think sometimes I worry, weary my wife because I won't talk about it. It's not time to talk about it. It's not time to think about it. It's so like I said to her a few years ago, I'd like to go here. I want to be buried in Santa Clara, California. And I want to, I want to go buy a plot. I want to have it done. And she said, I refuse for you to go buy a plot because if you buy one, we have to use it. <laughs> and I like that attitude. Tonight, I, I'm looking forward where we're going. And we're taking for our text tonight, 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it came to pass. I've been underscoring that this year in this new Bible. All the time it says it came to pass. I underscore it in red in my Bible. It always comes to pass. Whatever you face, it's going to come to pass. It always does. I've lived long enough, been here long enough that it always comes to pass. Some things that are, looks like they're going to stay a lifetime and a life of a heartache, and it's going to come to pass. And the Bible said when David and his men were come to Ziglag, you recall the setting, David in chapter 17 fought Goliath, the Philistine. He stood up to him as a boy. He said, I'm not going to let this Philistine come and defy the armies of God. That's chapter 17. In chapter 27, David joined the Philistine army. He said, there's nothing better for me to do. He got very depressed. Nothing better for me to do that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. He said in his heart, I need to go to the Philistines. I'm going to join the Philistines. His depression always begins in your mind. He said in his heart, your mind is locating your heart. Your heart is locating your mind. One third of your brain is your heart. That's the real you. That's the emotional center. And he said in his heart, and when he, and it was in his heart, it came out over his lips. I watch people talking so negatively. It's because they've already thought negatively. That's why I'd get off all the social media if I were you. It just will depress you. 
It will not help your marriage. It will not help your life. It will not help what's going on. You're not gonna change the election. You're not gonna change what's going on. The best way to change is, Brother Chad said, the best way to change things is pray and battle on your knees for God's man and God's staff and God's people and the work of God. David said, I shall speedily escape. And it took 600 men. You know, when you think wrong, you speak wrong, you begin to act wrong, and it affects other people. And he began to act wrong. That's chapter 27. Now he, he's, he's in this chapter 27, chapter 28, and the Philistines even turn upon him. Now he gets to Ziglag. And here at Ziglag, they're going to get awful news about their sons and their daughters, and their wives. A foreign power came in and invaded them. And they burned the city of Ziglag, and they stole the wives and the sons and the daughters. They did not kill them. They took them captive. And the Bible says they invaded the south of Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. They had taken the women captive that were there, and they slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. They began to weep so they could weep no more. Can you imagine the setting? You're coming home to the family. You've been at war. David, David is here. He is he's being hunted by Saul. David is hurt and betrayed by his wife, Michael, because she ridiculed him and made fun of him. He's having family problems. He's having father-in-law problems, the king's problems, and the king is invading his life. He's hunted, he's hurt, he's heavy-hearted. Chapter 27, I quit, I quit, I don't want the ministry. I'll go with the Philistines. Everything's against him. Now he comes back and his Wives and their children, boys and girls, are all captive. The city's burning. In verse number six, David greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons, his daughters. This is the first statement in all these chapters like this. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David was not encouraging himself in these other chapters. But David said, I'm going to, have to take some responsibility here. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. Now these men want to kill me. My old man. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse number eight is our text. And David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue after the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, God, God answered him. One word. Shall I pursue? God said one word, pursue. I'm speaking to us tonight. Let's just pursue. Let's just keep on keeping on. I'm calling our church to keep on pursuing. I'm calling our homes to keep on pursuing. I'm calling our individual lives to just keep on pursuing. You know, when you pursue, when you pursue, you keep, you, you keep pushing, you keep pressing 
when you pursue, you always make progress. I want to introduce to you the fact that tonight, that when you pursue, you make progress. This text leads us over to, we'll go back and forth, 2 Samuel chapter 2. And it came to pass, there it is again. And it came to pass, chapter 2, verse 1, that David inquired of the Lord. Every time David inquired of the Lord, God's going to give him direction. He's going to say, go up three times right here. David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up into the cities of Judah? And the Lord said two words. What are they to church tonight? What are they, family? Go up. And David said, whether shall I go up? They have won, they retrieved the wives, the sons, the daughters, and Ziglag. But now there's more battles to fight. They had 46 years of God's blessing as we have perhaps. But there's more battles to fight. There's more buildings to build. There's more ministries to establish. There's more doors to knock on. There's more buses to run. There's more radio stations to pick up. Shall, shall I go up? Shall I pursue? Go up. Keep pursuing. You're always going to have to make progress. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Go up. Pursue. Keep moving. Pursue when broken. Pursue when betrayed. Pursue when bankrupt. Pursue. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep promoting. Keep reaching for the prize. How are you making progress in your marriage? Are you making progress with your children? Are you teaching them when they lie down, when that rises up, Deuteronomy chapter six, when they sit in your house, when they lie in their beds, are we teaching our children, instructing them in paths of righteousness? Oh, I hope your kids have. Oh, I'll be long gone when those little babies are having babies of their own. But I'll tell you what, the only hope your kids have is a mother and dad says, I'm pressing on the upward way. Keep pressing to church when they make it illegal to go to church. Keep going to church. Keep reading your Bible when they want to collect the Bibles. That's not going to happen. Oh, yes, it will. It always has happened. Keep pressing forward when they control your lives and control our area and control the nation and control the world. And when the Antichrist is beginning to move his way in here before he's exposed in the great tribulation, keep pursuing. I want to say when we pursue and we go up, we, make, we, we always make progress and we always find power. God empowers. You know what it says in chapter 3? Verse one, now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. As you get in this journey of life, don't finish your journey weak. Don't finish your journey weak. Mom and dad, you're gonna be pressed on every front. And your kids are going to watch you get pressed. That's for their good. You are training your children by your reaction how to handle difficulties. One of the reasons why, Colonel Harder, you had that massive heart attack probably 25 years ago now, I'm going to guess, and on the verge of death because you were training your kids that God is always in control. And I'll never forget that Friday night 
Susie, you there and your family at that hospital and wondering, was he going to live and make it through the night? You know what was happening? A lady was teaching her sons and daughters and relatives and family, this is how you suffer as a godly wife. This is how you suffer as a colonel, as a Christian. And Brother Van Dyke, when, when God and Sister Jackie it took your sweet son Billy home to be with the Lord, very healthy young man, had two little kids. And I don't understand that, I'll never understand it, but God had a man of God in that home and a godly Proverbs 31 lady and all the trials I could go through this church and all the cemetery plots I could take you to and say this, this family went through the heartache of their life, but you're training your kids. You were raised by a godly father or mother. You saw them tried and tested. And they leave a good example and a heritage and a testimony that you don't quit. You don't throw in the towel. You don't attack when you're in the battle. I find that David waxed stronger and stronger. You're, you're finding more power. Caleb's 85 years old. 85, Brother Poussin. And he said, I want to let you know I still want that mountain. I'm still in this thing. In fact, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm as strong today at 85 as I was when I was 40. Bring it on right here. Let's, let's go a little, let's go a little, let's go a little arm wrestling. <laughs> That's like saying, Pastor, go up softball and hit a home run. Or any of the rest of you guys, it's the comedy show of comedy shows. I wish that... Yeah, the young boys and teenagers and college age kind of men, they're great. But I tell you what, fellas, 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 every Thursday night, we don't slide into first base. You never slide into first base. I'm not talking to Kayan right now because he doesn't slide into any base. Kayan is one of the fastest guys ever, ever seen. But he, you know, he, he can hit the ball almost to third base. No, he's learned hitting the ball great now. I saw him the other night. He, he just dribbled down to first base. Well, there, you can't get him out. Boy, you talk about a jackrabbit. That guy runs. Where's Brother Kayan? Where's Brother Kayan? He's not coming to church tonight. Where's Brother he's Stand up right there. Right there. there, there's why he can run right there. I'll rest my case, be seated. That guy is the fastest guy and, and his legs, you know, most people run like this, you know, not his, his legs are out here, over there, they're everywhere. I mean, he, I don't know, I don't know where he get that running, but I've never seen anybody fly down to first base, but he doesn't know, Brother Sly, you run through first base. He always turns. They got the ball. They drop the ball because that's what we do at first base all the time. <laughs> they just drop the ball. And I can beat them on that. I do as well as that. they do as well. And, and he just keeps running a second. And he doesn't know you slide in. They throw the ball a second. They drop the ball. He goes to third and he, they drop the ball. I saw him get a home run off a dribble to third base the other night. <laughs> it is. It's, and then... Don't laugh, Brother Ron. I've seen you do some dumb things out there. I mean, you talk about a guy who looks apart. He's got the white pants on. He's got the cleats. He's got the jersey. He's got the, the hat on. He, he just has a walk, you know. He's got the walk down. 
And he goes up there. I'm talking about slow pitch softball. Yeah, I throw it up like this and it goes up 10 feet. Brother David, you know what I'm talking about. You pitch and, and we, 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 we throw it up. And it takes 25 minutes to get, then it gets there and Ron's up there. And he whiffs it every time. He can hit the ball. He, doesn't, he looks like an athlete, but we won't go there. He's doing a great job. I don't know how I get off on this, but I'm loving it right now. I'm talking about, I'm as strong at age 85, Caleb said. I'm as strong today as I was when we were going in 40 years ago. I want that mountain. You dear people that get retirement age or you get an ache. Everybody has aches. You turn 40, you start aching. I asked some of these younger guys, well, a lot of you guys are, oh, man, you guys are old up here. You are 40. But uh, Brother Flood, you're a young man on the totem pole, you and Brother Russ tonight. You ever get sore? Yeah, yeah right. And he plays ball. And is that what you're doing out there, playing ball? It's fun to watch Brother Luke. I'm off on this again. It's fun to watch him because he gets so mad at himself. I love it when I see people get mad at themselves. And, and he'll, he'll do, am I, telling the am I telling the truth right now, Brother Flood? We're having a time, aren't we? Amen. How is it? Do you ever go home ticked off? All the time. All the time. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact, listen, when you get older in life, you, you, you play a game and you ache for the next two days. Uh, it, it, life is that way. You're going to have aches and pains. But stop talking about them. Well, I'm getting old now. I've got to think of retirement. I'm 52. Don't talk about retirement at 52. J.C. Penney says you never retire from, you retire to. You always retire, retire to something. Well, I just can't wait to get, because I know what happens when you retire and you don't do anything. For the first time in your life, you have time in your hand and you make lists for me. Yes, it, it, it happens. We get folks retired and they have nothing to do. They've been working, 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 but now they can figure out all the things. And Brother Cooper or Brother Luke, we'll just give them to those lists, all that they can take care of it. I'm talking about finding some power, finding an attitude of power through the scriptures. And all power is given to me, and, and the, the, the word of God is power. And Acts 1 8, you see, receive power. Uh, so, in, as we go up and as we press on, as we pursue, make progress and get power, and you keep pursuing in spite of your problems. Thirdly, if you would go back and you don't need to for the sake of time, chapter 30, verse 6, they they spake of stoning him. I, I, I love life. I, I love it. But as your hair turns white and your hair turns gray and your hair turns loose, and you get old. You're going to have more problems at 40 than you did at 30 and more at 50 than you did at 60 and more on and on it goes. Life's not easy. But John Peterson, I think it was John Peterson, wrote that song in the 60s. It's a wonderful, wonderful life 
when you know the Lord above. It's a wonderful, wonderful life. When he saved you by his love, there's a joy that you never once knew. And a peace in the darkest night. As you travel along in your heart, there's us. There's a song. It's a wonderful, wonderful. Don't be a grump. Don't be a, a, a negative, complaining. I, I see that the people say, we're going to kill you. God, what should I do? Pursue when you have problems. Pursue and watch God give you some progress. Pursue and you'll see the power of God demonstrated. Pursue. Let me close with this. By taking personal responsibility. In chapter 30, the Bible said David encouraged himself. You know who's, in, who's, in, who's responsible to keep yourself on the winning side? You are. Well, I go see a therapist. <laughs> what are they going to do? Who are they saying? I'll tell you what, I can tell you right now tonight, you don't need a therapist and you don't need an upper and a downer. You need Jesus. And only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And, and I tell you tonight, as we keep pursuing, keep moving forward, you're going to have to take some personal responsibility. And you know, Brother Flood, you're right tonight is looking ahead. We've had great victories in the past. But I want a chapter 30 and as first, second Samuel, chapter one, two, and three. I, I want to look forward to the day we burn that mortgage. Brother Manuel, like you and Brother Kissel and Brother Ronald, I think, burned the mortgage on the other property a few years ago. I, I want to pursue after this thing. Say, what does the offering look like? I don't know. I don't have any idea. And in the past, I could tell you, oh, we had a gift of 50000 or or 100000 I know of nothing like that. And I don't think anything like that came in. Maybe, maybe right now, it's just a lot of people doing the best they can. Maybe God has a different way. I don't know what it's going to be when you come Wednesday night and we report to you the offering. You're going to say, oh, that's it? Or you're going to say, oh, my. God knows that. Things like that don't cause me to lose sleep. I'll tell you tonight, I still believe in making progress by pursuing debt retirement. I want to still pursue that memorial chapel. I want to pursue this corner building so much right here. I'm not sure. It's big. It doesn't look big, but it's added on to that. It's 15,000 square feet. Uh, we could put the Christian school right there. We could bring them over, and, and the city's already approved. We could put a gate into the park, and those kids, mothers, for the first time, instead of dealing with asphalt uh, pants that are all ripped, you know how to deal with that. You have no idea how to deal with grass stains. <laughs> grass is coming. I, I don't know all that God does and has, but we've already got, we already have dough to go over there, the, the front of it all drawn architecturally what it's going to look like with the bridge across the street. It's going to be wonderful. I'll do everything I can to help us get that thing done. Uh, maybe there'll in time be more preaching from others. I know all that. But I still believe there's more to press on. I, I believe there's more missionaries that Brother Poos and I, I don't know, you must be up there. We, had a, we have a keynote speaker for missions conference 
in, in October, I, I, I may be wrong, I think we got about 10 families coming already, pretty close to that. And what a great theme he has, I believe, in mission stewardship and more missionaries. I, I believe in increased enrollments in the school. I believe in a larger choir. Say, there's not room at all for another person. We'll make another row somehow. I've thought, I've sat here and thought, okay, we can arch this thing around right here. It would change the front of this, arch it around from over there, big horseshoe, a, a second loft all the way from side to side. We could put another 150 people up there. Are you gonna do that? Probably not. I like it the way it looks right here. But, but I just, I, I wanna pursue. These men wanna pursue. I think of the Korean ministry that we need. I think of the great uh, uh, increased, enlarged uh, uh, deaf ministry that we need. 46 is not the end of a thing, it's the beginning. Bible distribution is more than ever. I, I received uh, this week, Here, here's a note, an email. I live in Sunnyvale. Couple ladies canvassed my complex this week. Much to my surprise, they gave me a Baptist pamphlet they were circulating. The lady says she's older, but she goes, I, I'm here and I started trying to find a church, but it's all millennial running for millennials and it's all for them. I don't fit. I grew up in Virginia attending a Baptist church in my youth. I'm looking for a church like yours is what she said. Now, here's an email this week. Brother Dennis, I don't know. He, he said, good afternoon. I was, I, I was working in the kitchen, noticed someone walking up to my door. Apparently he didn't answer the door, but they placed an envelope to the ground and walked away. I kept thinking throughout the day, I need to go outside and see what they dropped off. Later that evening, I went outside and picked up the envelope. I opened it to see it was a portion of the Gospels. Likely you delivered to my neighbors as well. We, we love the Lord, but we're seeking to be a good testimony to our neighbors. Thank you for providing these to our neighbors as well as to us. Here's one from right here, right here. I'm talking about in California, right here in our area, Cambria Apartments area. This week, thank you for sending the gift of God's word to the Cambria Apartments. It's the best gift I've received all this week. I want you to know that, as Pastor Cooper mentioned about soul winning and knocking on doors, all we have to do is go out and get the gospel out and get gospel tracts out and get the Bibles out. We'll go over 60,000 Bibles this year, uh, this next week. And, and last year we did the entire city with a Bible of Santa Clara, over 50,000. All we have to do is take them and, and people are, today, they're looking for something. They're so mixed up. They're so frustrated, so confused. They're so depressed. You know, if we just go, go deliver a track or deliver a Bible, God's going to use you to help people on the pathway of life. I read on the broadcast Friday morning with Brother Moyer and the fellas in the studio, this startling fact, a statistician for church said this, 5% of all church members do not even exist. 
10% cannot be found. 25% never go to church. 50% never contribute a dime to the work of God. 75% never attend midweek service. 90% do not have family worship in their homes. And 95% never win a lost person to Christ. We are one of the most fertile soul winning areas of the world. College students come here and they said it's just an amazing thing how that people are open to the gospel and you can lead people to Jesus Christ. I'm saying today, I, I, I want to just keep pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Isn't it amazing that the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it's all about where we're going? What's going to happen and where we're going? I am going to a city. I'm going to heaven. You're going to heaven. But I refuse to just sit on the sidelines without occupying till he comes. I want to press more than ever. I want to pursue like Caleb. Caleb said, I, I, I kind of like that mountain. I want that mountain. David said, I want Goliath. Joshua said, I want, I want Jericho. Moses said, I want, I want you to let my people go. Nehemiah says, I, I want us to rise up and build. I, I want to still pursue and go forward. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.